0: Welcome to the fourth episode of the Chromatic Spaces podcast where we will be delving into the stories, hardships and journeys of various classical musicians in Singapore. My name is Ying Thi, and I'll be your host throughout the series. This podcast is also sponsored by Chromatic Spaces, the number one in Singapore for live chamber music, private performances. Check it out at chromaticspaces.com or drop them an email at help at chromaticspaces.com. Today our guest will be a music composer and Ruan player, Soo Win Lok. With a deep interest in various music cultures, he integrates different folk and contemporary music elements in his works, which he composes for both film and for the stage. His works have also been showcased at the Cannes Film Festival and Busan International Film Festival. And he also won Best Original Music at the National Youth Film Award, Singapore. Su has also been commissioned by several orchestras, such as the Singapore Chinese Orchestra and the Asian Cultural Symphony Orchestra. He is also co-founder and lead composer of Poker Productions, and is currently pursuing a Master's of Music in Music Theory and Composition at New York University. Good evening, Su and thank you for taking the time to speak with me today! Um, Hey! Yeah, so... Okay, so just to get the ball rolling, you are a Ruan player, and you also do music composition. So just to start off, how did you get into both of these areas?
1: I got into Ruan first from, uh, from school. It was my CCA when I joined the Victoria School Chinese Orchestra, and it was kind of like a by accident kind of thing. So when I was in secondary school, I wanted to join a sports CCA actually, especially when, when Victoria school is such a, such a sports school, you know. Uh, but I, I had an injury just a couple of months before the whole orientation thing. So I decided, okay, actually I want to learn an instrument. And then uh, I w- we had CCA exhibitions and then I saw the Chinese Orchestra and I, and I thought it was cool and then I joined them. I wanted to play the pipa actually. And so I, I told the senior I wanted to play the pipa. And he brought me into a room and where another senior asked me which instrument do I want to play. And I thought that the ruan is the pipa. Like, I didn't exactly know how the pipa looked like. I just, I just know it's a string instrument. So I pointed at that instrument, like, I want to play that. And it turns out that that is the ruan and not the pipa. You look quite yeah. similar,
0: right? Yeah.
1: yeah, fairly similar, you know. Somewhat. But yeah. ruan is, is more like round shape, while pipa is more pear shape. So yeah. that, that's how I got into the ruan. And then... Uh, one thing led to another. I I was crazy about the instrument. I I really loved it. I practiced so much, um. But it was all unorthodox technique because I didn't have a teacher at that time. And then only fast forward four years later, before I managed to join, uh, Singapore Youth Chinese Orchestra. Now the Singapore National Youth Chinese Orchestra. And then I had formal lessons. Then then, and well, since since then, the the ruan has always been the part of my musical identity. Even though I, I don't perform it as a like a professional run musician, so to speak, yeah. But on composition, composition has always been something I was fascinated with. I mean, I like creating things just in general in life. You know, I like creating, mm. so composition was was that you know, because it's music and you're creating music. So, uh, composition and I, I actually just started writing music when I was in JC, so seventeen years old, you know and. Uh, I had no music theory background, I, I I don't play the piano, you know, many, many, when you hear of composers, you, you think of prodigies and, and probably like, like masters at the keyboard and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, but, like, I'm none of those, I I wrote my, my first complete uh, orchestral piece without knowing music theory at all.
0: Wow, so, not bad, uh.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I look, when I look back at that, uh, <laughs> I could let you have a listen to it, but when I look back, it's like, uh it's full of um, bad chord voicings, horrible orchestration. The, the melody is nice, I, mm. I, I give it that. <laughs> I'll rate myself a solid 2.5 out of 10. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we, all, we all start from somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how did you, did you actually like, do you actually start learning, actually um, start studying actual music theory when you realize that, wow, well, composition might be my thing?
1: Yeah, kind of. Uh, so when I finished JC, finished A levels, and then it was national service time, right? And actually, national national service is a great time because you are pr- practically just just serving, and beyond the time that you serve, you don't have homework to worry about, right? Mm. So it's not school. So I devoted all my time to, uh, studying music theory at that time. Yeah, I I I signed up for the, ABRSM exam. Just to you know, just to push myself to, to do it, and yeah, and that was my my two years national service. I just studied music theory, and I was also doing, uh, some some writing as well. I mean, composition. I, I was very lucky because, based on that one composition I wrote in JC, which was performed by, uh, Victoria Junior College Chinese Ooh. Orchestra. The conductor was, he was so supportive. He 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 actually like yeah let the orchestra perform it for the concert when I was in J two. So it meant a lot to me and uh. I think that that kind of support really make uh makes a student feel like yeah I, I can write and then you like, even something. though it, it's not like the best yeah even yeah. though it's not the best thing it, it it you feel like yeah it's something you know and but based on that I I I got to know some other uh people in the industri- in the industry and they they came to know that I I I write or rather I attempt to write and then they started offering me like arrangement jobs you know so I was doing a lot of arrangements for uh, special needs actually, especially for special needs uh children mm. in Flight School and in Rainbow Center. So it was for it was arranging for percussion ensemble, and that was really the time that um kind of distilled my my foundation because on one hand I'm studying theory, so I know how chords work and everything, and on the other hand uh I'm really trained in writing for just limited number of parts, like four parts. You know, it, when you have a whole orchestra to write for, it gets so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You just start to write write a, a different layer for every single instrument. But when you have just four parts, you know, you start to distill your ideas and you start to write uh, parts that really work well together. Mm-hmm. Instead of just I'm just gonna write something for this and write oh, something for this. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and from that as well, it was also because I'm writing for special needs. I I it was a challenge to write, uh, write things which are simple and easy to pick up, but yet uh it's effective and interesting because you have to keep Mm. the interest. So those two years actually, yeah, of arranging for, uh, special needs children, that really was quite a lot of my foundation was built there.
0: It's a good learning experience, like composing, like knowing who your audience is and composing for Mm -hmm. them. Right. So that's one of the considerations you take when composing music. So, um, right. So like when, Aside from knowing who your audience is when you compose your music, is there sort of like a sort of like a process, maybe a thought process, or maybe different kinds of elements that you consider before you put a piece of right like, music together? If it makes sense. Um uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Um considerations before I put the piece together. I mean a lot of it now as a as a working composer, which which is very different from when I started out because when you start when you start out you're just writing music. You write whatever you want to write, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you take on the composition path as a career, you are pretty much the, you what you write is dictated by what the client wants ah, what the client's commission yeah, for correct. so yeah it could be it could be something as general as um so take just just recently i i had a commission from the singapore national youth chinese orchestra, and they told me that it 's a collaboration between them Chinese instruments with uh other cultural instruments, so they brought in the bagpipes. It was a nightmare. <laughs> okay, I should not say that, but yeah. yeah okay, <laughs> okay yeah. fine, it's <laughs> no, a nightmare. it's
0: fine, it's fine. It's, <laughs> funny.
1: <laughs> it's funny. And, yeah. uh, and uh, what was that? Tabla and the violin, and mm. also the, uh, what was the last one? Yeah, so bagpipes is to represent Singapore's uh, colonial past, mm. and then the violin is a Western instrument. The tabla is an Indian drums. And then, of course, the, the uh, Malay gambus and Oom. Mm. so they had these four uh, instruments out of the Chinese culture and they paired it up with four Chinese instruments and the commission was, was just compose something that uh, fused, that bring this whole group together. Oh. Yeah, so it, it was something general and they just gave me a time limit of like five, six minutes. And then I was free to just explore whatever I wanted to. And that piece is called Rojak City and it's actually releasing this Sunday on Facebook. Ooh. So yeah, you can, you can check City.
0: it out. Rojak City, yeah. Yeah, okay, go check City. It out. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. So it's performed by the Singapore National, National Youth Chinese Orchestra, Youth Chinese and
1: Orchestra. collaborators. Ah,
0: Rojak yeah. City. Okay, I'll, I'll remember to check <laughs> so it could out.
1: Be something as, back to, yeah, back to your question. It's something as general as that. Or it could be right. something as... Uh, Specific as, okay, I guess the, the specific ones will come more to if I'm writing for commercials. Mm. Because when you're writing for commercials, you're helping the director, you're helping the company sell a product. Yeah, So you got to fit into, firstly, uh, what is the branding? And secondly, what is the feeling they want to incite in people? So if I'm selling a tech company, so the influencers are definitely going to be... Um, it's going to be able to have some synthesizers, electronic drums, that sort of things inside. inside. Uh, and then because you're selling, a tech company is meant to be something inspiring, right? So yeah. the tone has to be very uplifting. It has oh, to be yeah. Something that when they listen to it at the end, it's like, Wow, I can go out and change the world. It's sort commercial of commercial
0: the... kind of ringtones, is it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The very yeah, uh, uh, well. the ones that get stuck in your head forever sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So I guess the 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 these are all the considerations. You can be either as ah. you might get a project that's so free, or you might get a project that, uh, it's very specific.
0: Yeah, right. So you compose a lot of fusion music, right? From like traditional to, okay? I was just looking through your, your portfolio. You have a wow. lot of music there. <laughs> so like you 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 sort of like f- fuse together like traditional music, jazz, like uh, metal even. Like how do you do it? Like like how do you put two, well, like, let's say very different genres of music together in a single composition? Is there any challenges? It's like how?
1: I think the, the how part is, is actually just based on it's all these that you mentioned all all are my influences those are things i i love to listen to um, mm-hmm. jazz traditional things uh metal yeah i i love all of them and i and i listen to them so much that those musical elements just, just grow onto you. So it's it's very easy for if I pick up my run. I'll probably be like jamming some kind of some kind of rhythm that is actually pretty much like metal music. Only it doesn't really sound like metal music because <laughs> it's not it's not like electrified and all, it's not amped ah. up. So it sounds like you're playing some some just some cool rhythm just without the whole grit of it. But yeah, all these elements just kind of grow on you. Or if I'm like improvising something on the keyboard, I just tend to go to having like seven chords. So I guess when I'm playing a, a very Chinese kind of melody, if I'm composing something for a Chinese orchestra and I'm doing something more like a very Chinese kind of melody, right? Uh my hands just kind of and my mind as well just gravitate towards that sort of chords. Like the, the jazz kind of added at add nine chords, seven oh. chords, that kind of things and, and yeah it just it, it wasn't something that I intentionally go about thinking, okay I'm going to fuse this and this. But it's just your influences really make oh, okay, up uh, I get what I mean. your output. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like you listen to so many different kinds of music, right? That the different elements of music just sort of flow into your <laughs> composition. Like I don't even know how to explain. Yeah, I know what you mean. I get what you mean. But
1: you mean. put it in such a nice way. Everything just flows <laughs> into the composition. Wow. Yeah. I think about it Yeah.
0: So, yeah, yeah, it's like really what you listen does shape what you make. Ah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would
1: say yes, definitely.
0: Well, that's quite interesting actually, because you don't know, hear a lot of these interesting fusions and much less perform on a ruan as well. Like, I personally, I've never even heard what a ruan sounds like. I'm not that familiar with Chinese instruments. Like, even right now, I'm I'm trying to learn the self-learn the di zi right and it's like oh so you're learning the
1: self-learn okay self-learn. You, you, you chose a hard instrument I, a know, I, hard I know
0: <laughs> i know it's my first time playing a wind instrument and it's so difficult trying to make you a are, sound you're a pianist right and then okay pianist? so well i started playing i started playing the piano when i was like very young my mom made me play it then <laughs> i didn't like it so i quit and after that i wanted to play the guitar so my mom sent me for some lessons i didn't like it so i quit and then many years down the road i started playing the drums and i really liked it so now i'm still playing the drums. wow and then drums. Re- yeah recently i just watched some chinese drama that I got super hooked up on it and, and then oh i was like oh my god this the 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 soundtrack is being performed by a teacher is so nice I want to start playing a teacher so I just went ahead and impulse yeah. got a teacher from like Amazon or something like that
1: <laughs> it's a lovely instrument but lo- you, you pick you pick the hard one
0: yeah I
1: know <laughs> so, so even for for someone who has been writing for Chinese orchestra sometimes I. I still doubt my teacher writing, and I would always be asking my my friends, like, is this idiomatic? Is this is this doable? Is is this good for you? Is this easy? Yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. just so many things to think about. You know, it's just a piece of bamboo, but it's very yeah. complex.
0: Like it can <laughs> it's complex. Yeah, it can produce so many like yeah. I would add it's like fluttering melodies. I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's difficult, but yeah, I'm slowly, slowly churning out. Mary had a little lamb, but you know, it's it's going. To- <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like three fingers only, right? Just yeah, 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 then... three
0: fingers only. <laughs> then when it comes to the last three fingers, all six together, right? I, I, can, <laughs> I just... Yeah, it's, it's a process. So, yeah, okay. So, okay, moving on, right? Um. So you compose both for film and stage, correct? And uh-huh. what would you say, like, is the key difference between composing for film and for performance, like. Wow.
1: Okay. Yeah, you asked the, 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 the right question. It's a big question. Yeah. Many, many differences, actually. So, maybe let's open with, uh, let's, let's start with the fun difference. Okay, mm-hmm. when I'm yeah. writing for the stage, when I'm commissioned by an orchestra and ensemble, uh, the composer, you are the boss. The composer mm-hmm. is the boss. You finish the music, you're given a deadline, you finish the music, You deliver your scores, conductor gets the scores, orchestra gets the scores, they rehearse it, no questions asked, okay, maybe some questions ask, and then they perform it, and then everyone's like, wow, okay. So you're the boss, because you're the composer. But when it comes to film music, you're not the boss. You, oh. <laughs> you, it's really a collaborative process, and I, I really love that, because uh, you are now uh, working under the director oh, and yeah. the producer, and mm. sometimes the sound editor as well, or music supervisor. Uh, the director, of course, is the one directing, and the director has the vision. She or he um, knows what is the story she wants to tell, and how she wants the story to be told. So in, in film music, your, your music is meant to, I would say, your music is the soul of the story, actually. Ah. You, you breathe the life into a story. A story can be really, really meaningful, but to really give the context or the feeling to people that's in the music, it's it's something me. that, yeah. yeah, it's something that visuals alone uh, can't convey. Yeah. You know, it doesn't stimulate the senses uh, the way that music does. You know, watch uh, any film, action films, or mm-hmm. the horror films that we watched together last time, which you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, right.
1: when the, yeah, when the yeah, sound right. is, is off...
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I it's, fully it's... agree. Like, the soundtrack of horror films, like, they really uh-huh. take the horror to a whole new level. If you watch a yeah. silent horror film, it's not going to be uh it's not gonna be scary at all it's the literally yeah, the soundtrack that makes it scary
1: <laughs> exactly it's it, it's really unnerving and they have the tech composers they have the techniques to to do that right. uh so that's that's the big difference actually and in in concert music right you are really writing for the audience a live audience you've got to think about uh the whole form of the piece the journey you take the audience uh that you are, that you want to take the audience and uh well, I, I also guess you, you got to think of how you are managing the emotions, the emotional arc of the whole piece uh, mm. yourself. But when it comes to a film, you have to serve the scene. So in a way, the scene dictates... Well, you have your input on, on how you think the music and the scene should flow. But at, at the end of it, you are here to serve the scene. Your, your music must not... You may think that I'm going to write the best, most moving melody ever, but it may not even fit the scene. You, know, you don't want to be manipulative. Right. Yeah, Some, yeah. Sometimes you, you watch uh, Thai commercials, and I, and I love Thai commercials and okay. I respect Thai commercials yeah. a lot. Uh, Thai commercials is an idea of very manipulative music. The music is mm. there to really okay. just
0: you watch some yeah.
1: commercials as well. I know what you mean. Yeah, right. It, it manipulates you. By then, you by the end of it, you feel like well, I'm gonna cry. Like and why? It's just, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Minutes. yeah, And it's an insurance exactly. company, but I'm. crying. yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I understand.
1: <laughs> and that's the power of music. And and, uh-huh. and yeah, but sometimes if you're right doing music for a big film or an art film, um, you want the audience. You want to give the audience the the space to think and feel for themselves. You don't want to overpower their senses, you don't want to manipulate them. Mm-hmm. There's a time to, to be manipulative. When it's a commercial, you want to be manipulative because you are selling something. When it's a film, you are trying to craft an experience and uh or at least for art films or or certain drama films, you are trying to let the audience think about something or feel something. So you just you are creating the space for them instead of trying to manipulate them.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's quite a drastic Difference between the film and stage <laughs> composition. Stage yeah, composition, you just different. write whatever, produce the cheap music, nah, go and play yeah, the cheap yeah. music. Hey,
1: like, and, <laughs> and, and, and this is mentioned that, right? It's like um, the, for, for, for the stage music, you, you're just writing, and then like almost never ever will they come back to you and say, I need to make changes. No one says that because you're the composer yeah. and you're supposed to be boss. But for film music, be prepared to do version 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, uh, 7, 8. And yeah. then there may be times when it could be because. The director says, hey, I'm, I'm watching it now, and I think it doesn't work. So that happened to one of the films I did. Uh, it was a short film called Adam by Shoki Lin, directed by Shoki Lin. And mm-hmm. it premiered at the Cannes Festival. And for that, we actually did three whole different versions of the music for that. Because we I, I agreed with him, and so he came back to me and said, I'm watching it now, and I think it doesn't work as well for the story. And I, I look at it again after a week later and like, yeah, I think we were too caught up in that one week ago. Now with the distance, I think one week later, I think the music should be something else. And then we did we did that and we had three different versions of music and then not to mention um, when the cuts change, when they start to be cut, like they just shorten the scene or lengthen the scene, the music has to change to fit that as well. Or what if they uh, completely change yeah. the cut of it? Yeah, and then, so you are bound to the project and you yeah, you just have to, to, to make all the changes whenever mm-hmm. you need. Yeah.
0: Literally, the sound has to adapt to the visuals. Yes. But then yes. In, in stage, there is no visuals, just sound. Yeah, there's no yeah. visuals.
1: Yeah. So you're the right. boss. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's quite interesting. Right. Okay. So like we are reaching the end of the podcast already. It's already reached 20 minutes. Oh. <laughs> so fast. I have so many more questions to ask you, but I have to reserve that another time. Um, <laughs> yeah so that's all the time we have today so thank you so much again Su-in for taking the time to talk with me today with your career as a composer there's just so many considerations that go into comp uh, and composing I don't think 20 minutes is enough really to to really explore everything that you do but it's really amazing like and this is the first time I've met like a, a professional music comp composer. Wow. So it's quite cool. It's quite cool. <laughs> Sounds like a big label. Thank uh, you. I, so well, it's planet. cool. It's a, it's a it's a musician, you know. So I wish you all the best in your career and thank, thank
1: you. you. Thank you. Thank you,